The postseason is among us today as the Diamondbacks will kick off a three-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers starting tonight. Game one at 7 o'clock Eastern time, 4 o'clock Arizona time. Brandon Fott will take the mound for the Diamondbacks opposed by Corbin Burns. That's going to be game. We're going to talk about the pitching matchups, the bullpens, the one and the one advantage the Diamondbacks could have in this series on a special live episode of Snakes on the Diamond. And greetings, everyone. I hope you're having a good Tuesday. Of course, probably the happiest Tuesday for the Diamondbacks will be playing the Milwaukee Brewers in their first postseason game in six years. I'm Mike McDermott, host of the Snakes on the Diamond podcast. I'm also a beat writer for Fan Nation Inside the Diamondbacks. Uh, we're covering um, Inside Diamonds. We're covering both the postseason and fall league, but we're going to be talking about the postseason. Joining me today is Wes Byer. So, Wes, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Got postseason baseball uh i can't remember being this excited for, for baseball in probably like over a decade i'll be honest so doing pretty good how about you doing great it's uh great to be dimex fan today we get the renewed optimism of uh playing for playing for keeps now instead of just playing for next year yeah that's uh it's a big thing. Uh, I know a lot of other on the national level, people aren't very optimistic about the Diamondbacks chances. And to be fair, I mean, they are the, uh, they have the worst record of any of the postseason teams. So, um, but I mean, this is a Diamondbacks fan. I, I don't even care if they, they get, I mean, I do care if they get swept, but um, you know, this is the fact that we're having this conversation right now about the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. Just, you know, it says a lot. So, Kind of some big news today, and before we get into that, make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like on the live stream. If you're watching the live stream on YouTube, if you're watching the replay, do it anyway. It's like do the same things basically. But uh, big notes from this big news items: Brandon Woodruff has been scratched from the wild card series. He would have probably been their game two starter, but with the that shoulder injury has popped up again. And his availability for the playoffs in general is completely up in the air. That could elevate a guy like Wade Miley into the rotation for Milwaukee. Of course, uh, wouldn't put it past the D-backs to lose to their uh, former players, kind of thing. And then also, Paven Smith is on the roster over Jace Peterson. So that's a surprise. We, ne- neither of us discussed that at all the other day. He wasn't even in the the equation at all for the postseason roster. So that's that's a real big surprise uh losing to their fifth or fourth starter or like a wade miley specifically would be the most d-backs thing that they could do so it'll be interesting i'm not entirely sure how milwaukee's gonna set up their rotation we'll look that up but uh i don't know if, they, don't know if they've announced their starters yet we know the dime dimex three stars to go fought game one gallon game two kelly game three but milwaukee has not announced their starters they may just go game by game, but Corbin Burns will start game one tonight. As yeah, the first pitch is at four. And Corbin Burns is, is a hell of a pitcher. He's had a pretty decent season. Uh, not not quite on the level of Zach Allen, but uh, more on the level of Merrill Kelly. Um, I, think he's had like four uh, and I would half say uh, Burns had a better season than Gallon. Mm, 
Bird's ZRA is 339. Second half ERA is 370. Let's just have his numbers open. So he pitched. I mean, if we're just based on fan graphs value, uh, I would say that well, they're fa- like, you know, we could. If you're comparing war, obviously Gowan's going to have the edge through the innings. Gowan's like, the number of pitchers that threw 200 innings this year, I think. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Corbin Burns, uh, just under 200 inning pitch, 25%, K, a little bit over 25% K rate. Uh, respectable 8.4 walk rate, walk percentage. Uh, he was a little, little lucky Burns- based on his on his FIP and XFIP. So, I mean, I think, I think it's a pretty fair matchup. Postseason, like, throw, like, throw those uh, ERA estimators out the window. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. We're at the point of the season where ERA estimators don't matter. Yeah, I mean, look at like Blake Snell will probably win uh, the Cy Young this year. And uh, his. Well, Blake <laughs> Snell's not those, pitching in the postseason. He's not pitching in the postseason, but I mean, it so, goes hammers in the point of his peripheral stats and like the, the advanced stats like XFIP, XERA are both not very flattering, but he had by far the best. I mean, just in terms of results, he'd make it Cy Young. Over, over then, Burns or, or Gallon. So, I mean, that's really my point. Like, Cam is home, what you said is that none of that matters at this point. It's a clean start for everyone. So, looking, so looking at the first game of the series, it's obviously on paper a mismatch. You got Brandon Fott going up against Corbin Burns. Although the yeah. good news for Fod is he does have some minor league championship game pitching experience. He pitched the AAA championship, not yeah, Pacific Coast League championship game, yeah. got the win. When it went five innings, two runs against uh, El Paso. So there is some minor league postseason playing experience for Fod. So it's not like he's completely, it's not a complete stranger to him. So that's the good news. However, it's a case of if the Diamondbacks can steal Game One, they're in posi- they're in position, they're in the driver's seat to take the series in Game Five. But it's I'm, hard to tell what pitcher they're going to get with Corbin Burns. In the last two seasons, Corbin Burns has had one game where he completely dominated the Diamondbacks, and in the other game, they annihilated him. Yeah, he got he fell victim to the big game. Yeah, that's that, they're gonna have they're gonna have to just you know. Uh, I mean, the, the key to winning this series is going to be winning the game against Corbin Burns. If they, lo- if they lose today's game, then it automatically puts them at a disadvantage. Uh, even They're already at a disadvantage. Like we discussed this last time, is they don't have a home game until the division series. Yep, that would be game so, three of the division series. Yeah, game three of the division series. So, I mean, at best case scenario, they will not have a home game for five games. A week. Yeah, a week. So they're already disadvantaged. The best thing they can do is jump out, get a lead early on Corbin Burns, and then uh, hopefully give Bot a little bit of breathing room. We don't want to see a you know a one nothing game or you know tie game going into sixth inning with you know neither offense doing anything. I think in that case the Diamondbacks are a real disadvantage compared to the Brewers. The Milwaukee, if you compare the bullpens, it's not even a fair comparison. Milwaukee yeah. probably has the best bullpen in the playoffs. Whereas the D-backs probably have the worst bullpen of the 12 playoff teams. With respect to the pitch, uh, the team has gotten better results out of their bullpen the last three to four weeks. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we were, if we were just looking at it as the season as a whole, I, you, you give it to the, the Brewers. 
outright. There's no, there really is no comparison between the Brewers bullpen and the Diamondbacks bullpen. If you're comparing them recently, like this last month, it's a little bit more of an even matchup. I still, you got to, you got to give it to the Brewers just based up on the matchups. Brewers are much less likely to cough up a late lead. Although I do think from the middle inning standpoint, the D-backs, I think, are pretty close in terms of if they, if they got to the bullpen early, like if a pitcher got hurt, there's a yeah. matchup situation. I feel like the D-backs can hang in there. Given the progression yeah. that Luis Fria, guys like Frias have stepped up of late, Ryan Thompson, Andrew Stahlfrank, you, like D-backs could probably get through the middle innings. But it's just a matter of tight game, one game. And then this is the postseason thing, obviously. Tight game, one run lead, runners on base. Milwaukee's better suited to get out of this than the Diamondbacks are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's, that's going to be the real key is going to be scoring early on the Brewers. Like they, they need to get some runs on the board, uh, take an immediate lead. Because if you get into, I mean, yes, in a scenario where there's an injury or, you know, where that happens, right? I, yeah, the Diamondbacks are much better prepared for that than the brewers are but if the brewers jump out to an early lead uh and can get into the later innings and get to their bullpen they have a clear advantage over the diamondbacks and then kind of look at the game within the game Tori lovello is often referred to the postseason as a war for every 90 feet one area where the d-backs are exceptional at is base running especially with corbin carroll who led baseball and both baseball reference and fan graphs and base running value on the year plus 12 on plus 12 on uh, baseball reference plus 15.8 on fan graphs which was the third highest base running total and made uh that they've ever recorded there's some yeah, pretty elite company as we, got. As, as we said last time i mean the Dime, this dimeback team is the best i mean not in terms of this, the the volume of stolen bases but in terms of, of efficiency not getting caught, they are the best team in the postseason in terms of base running. Second in stolen base rate, and I think they had the second the highest success rate in major major leagues. 166 uh, of 192. Yeah, so that's 86 percent. On the other side, Milwaukee is a little bit vulnerable to the stolen base. Both Contreras and Caratini weren't were below average at throwing out base stealers. The two of them combined to throw out 23 of 144 base stealers so that's 16 percent league average is about is just under 20 and where where, where does uh gabriel moreno rate rate on that i think he's 30, moreno's 38 percent. i know milwaukee can run they've done yeah because uh yelich adamas can steal a base uh terang who was uh gunned down by gabby back in april on an immaculate throw and of course uh South Relic is a good base runner, too. Yeah, South Freelick's a guy who could steal 50 bags. Yeah, the base running is really going to be, uh, I think, the key to, you know, jumping. If, if, if uh, Corbin Carroll Corbin Carroll's going to, you know, if he can get on base and, you know, make stuff happen in the first inning, uh, you know, run wild. I mean, that's really like, that's what I want to see in this uh, this first game is for them to put the offensive pressure of okay hey if you if you are uh, you're like you know absolutely on top of it you're gonna be run on and i guess yeah, william Pretorius, it, it's surprising that he has not been the best at throwing out uh 
base runners because he had a pretty good reputation in the minor leagues for uh at least got a cannon for I mean, an arm like his older brother yeah. but he's but stolen base isn't just the, it's also the pitcher yeah and the weird thing is uh you look at the head-to-head matcher the dimebacks were eight of eight in stolen bases but those eight stolen bases came in the last two games that they played so on June 20th through 21st on June 21st they stole seven they were seven for seven which at yeah. the time tied a franchise record broken later this, later this year later in the year so and if you remember correctly Contreras had one of those uh plays where Perdomo stopped on a stolen base attempt and Contreras threw through 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 it anyway and it ended up seven for seven. yeah I mean, that's, see, that's to me, that's the key to, like, I mean, they really want to take advantage of, you know, the, 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 the one weakness I can really see that's obvious in this Brewers team is, uh, you know, put, if you're putting that pressure on the base pass, like, they're, you're more likely to see them make a mistake, you know, have Contreras, uh, you know, dump it into center field or, you know, things like that. I mean, it's very much something that they can take advantage of. Uh, you know, you want, you, I want to see a stolen base in the first inning of today's game. So if let's say Carroll gets sixteen at bat, sixteen trips to the plate, how many times do you think he needs to reach on base for the Dimebacks have their best chance of advancing? Um, out of sixteen, we're, we're, we're talking the whole the whole series. Um, yes, you want you want to see him uh, reach base at least a third of those. I mean, if they really Six. want to be successful, you want to see you want to see a better success rate than that. Like you you want to see him get on base at least five or six least times, six. if not more. A minimum, they need him to. I think he has to get on base he, half the time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he he's the real uh, offensive cog in this machine. And if you're if you don't have Corbin getting on base and uh, running wild in the base pass, like this this they don't stand a chance. You look at the Diamondbacks; it's like they're not a team that hits a lot. Yeah, they totaled up 166 on the season, and 20 percent of those home runs came off Christian Walker's bat. Yeah, so. I mean, without without uh, you know contributions from from Corbin, uh, you want to see a hot Cattell Marte. You can't see him playing like he did over the weekend. Uh, you really need to see uh, Cattell giving his all, uh, and you know, you you want to see his back at hot. If you look at their top four bats, there's a home run. Sixty four percent of their home runs have come from Walker. Carol, Guriel, and Marte. That's your, that's your yeah. one, your two, your four, and your six hitter. Well, you could argue, make the argument that Guriel should hit fifth. Yeah, I mean that's that would that would be a reasonable thing to do. I'm not sure what lineup uh, Tori is going to go with uh, for Game One. Um, it's still it's a surprise that they got if Paven Smith. Yeah, Smith's going to sure be there. I'm sure someone, some Diamondbacks fans happy because we all know Haven is the good luck charm. So um, maybe that'll hold true <laughs> this, this postseason. So if you look at the, uh, since Peterson's down, how do you think they're going to handle third base? Do you think we'll see Lawler at short, Perdomo at third? Or do you think we'll see that, Rivera play the entire series? Mm, I mean, depending on the matchups, I mean, I would, I would think they're going to give it the starts more to I mean, my preference is actually like I would not have Jordan Lawler start game one at shortstop. So I like, think I you're looking at, 
I don't know if they have the confidence in him to do that. I don't think it'll happen. I think they're going to see uh, Rivera at third and uh, uh, Perdomo at, at shortstop. Well, yeah, curiously at enough, this first game. Curiously enough, this season, Corbin Burns does have reverse platoon splits, which doesn't really say much because right-handed hitters are only doing slightly better for one. And two, slightly better is hitting 219 with like 600 OPS. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. Who, yeah, I really don't. I mean, I would assume they're going to have Rivera start in third and Perdomo at shortstop. Um, but, I mean, if the hand, the, if the matchup makes sense, I don't, I mean, you, you, you want to give Jordan Waller at least a start, in my opinion. Corbin, Corbin Burns is a tough matchup no matter what handedness of the hitter. Yeah. Just maybe a little less, less daunting for a right hand. Only slightly. That's I mean, either way, there. this is a real pressure on this team. I mean, we got a lot, got a lot of young players. I mean, the only, uh, I mean, excluding Marte and Walker, there's nope. they're all young guys. All the players that were all the players that were on the team in 21, yeah, those are young too. That postseason experience. Yeah, we're talking about the players that are obviously Goria, Ham have postseason. Yeah. Yeah, Guriel uh, has, has, you know, obviously. And then Guriel got in the post for the first time last year. Yeah. Well, it only last but I mean, there's some Ryan Thompson with uh, Tampa Bay. Dewalt was with the Mariners last year. So, I mean, but in terms of, uh, you know, this clubhouse, you know, veteran presence is that, you, I mean, you don't. You're not going to look at Paul Seawald as the guy of like, oh, hey, yeah, let's let's look at our, our relief pitcher closer as our veteran presence. Like that doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, really, I mean, in terms of postseason experience, you want to look at Guriel Walker. Those are the two that I'm really going to look at. Well, Walker's postseason experience is two pinch hit plate appearances. Yeah, or two two I, bats of one. Because not, not really, they don't really count. I mean, this is a very inexperienced team. Bill Marte is the only one like, who's really started the postseason. Yeah, I mean, you might you might give the start to Waller just because of handedness, but that doesn't. I mean, he's had no real success so far at the major league level. I mean, to just give him the the, the game one start at shortstop seems uh, a little too risky to me. Yeah, it's definitely risky because he had a pretty awful some. Yeah, pretty awful I mean, all-around I, game. You do. And that's give what him you're gonna get start, sometimes. Though. That's what but you're gonna I get sometimes in the work- game. Because, yeah, Lawler could be a guy you bring off the bench as a runner. There's yeah. a number of players that are faster than Lawler on this team. Count on yeah, there's not there's not many players that are going to be faster than him. I mean, like, my point with, with Lawler is you at least want to get him into a game during this post. I mean, if they're going to play minimum, it's two games. You'll want to get him into the game at least at some point. So, you know, hopefully next year we're not having this conversation of starting, you know, an inexperienced shortstop. Well, uh, he is an experience. You know, well, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. You want to give him experience now. Yeah, that's the thing. Let's. I wouldn't start him. I would definitely put him in the game as a you know late inning uh, pinch runner, pinch hitter. That seems like a the obvious. Uh, you know to put him in. Uh, maybe late inning you shuffle around players, get better defense. Uh, but Lawler still. I mean, you don't throw him in the fire in, in the you know as a rookie. 
uh, and have him start both games. Like, that's not going to happen. No, that's for Corbin. I mean, unless unless uh, Rivera trips and falls and, you know, hurts himself this morning, I don't think we're going to see Lawler start today. I was going to um, so looking at the Brewers rotation, obviously, as Woodruff is out with a right shoulder injury. He had missed four, almost four months of the season due to a shoulder. Due yeah. to the right shoulder inflammation. How big a loss do you think it'll be for Milwaukee on their game two start? Possibly well, I mean, let's look at it this way. How much would it hurt the Diamondbacks to have Merrill Kelly out? It well, hurt just as much. If Merrill Kelly couldn't suddenly develop the right shoulder injury, we'd be doom and gloom. But I don't think yeah. that's the case for Milwaukee. Because keep in mind, Dimebacks have basically a two-and-a-half starter rotation. Milwaukee yeah, still has five capable true. starters. Yeah, that's that's the one. It doesn't hurt as much, but I still, I mean, he... It'd be like the same four. impact that for us losing five. Yeah, I mean, that's probably impact. a better comparison. Obviously, talent-wise, it's not even comparable. You went with Kelly because... I- I mean, if you're, if you're just looking at war, uh, or like F war specifically, uh, um, I don't know about the rate stats on him. I wouldn't look at I wouldn't look at F war for a guy that's pitched two months of the season. Yeah, he only he only had 11 starts, so I mean, he's still one of their was one of their better pitchers, you know, in the I long mean, run. He's their two he or three a, starter since 2019 as an area two ninety. Yeah, so that hurts. We're talking multiple seasons, obviously advanced stats. I mean, look, looking at his his previous, like when he's more, pitched a full season, is very much as like losing Kelly or Gallon for us. I mean, that's like the equivalent. Losing Gallon, like for a full Gallen. for a full season of him, that's about the value he's going to provide. Is similar to Gallon or Kelly. So, um, you argue better. If he was there, I would basically write off this entire series and say that the Brewers are, I mean, they're already heavy favorites. I mean, you really give it to them if they had a full healthy pitching staff. So, I mean, it makes it much more of a, a makes it easy, you know, a fair, it's a fairer matchup with him injured for the Diamondbacks. Also, but when you look at the Brewers rotation, losing Woodruff, they're going to insert either, well, actually, Colin Ray would be a good matchup for the D-backs. Wade Miley is kind of a hit or miss because he he has the type of stuff that can give this lineup fits, but if he's off, then he's not going to be I, you know, I think that the Diamondbacks match up pretty well with Wade Miley. Um, that's well, they not a scored, player that... they scored. Well, he had to throw a. They made him work for five innings when they saw him in the game. Look up Zach Gallon. Breaking up. Since those are relevant. Yeah, uh, last, I mean, I know this year he was pretty much a buzzsaw. Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty, pretty solid season. I'm still Wade Miley is a guy like I knew he'd have a major league career when we drafted him. I'm still amazed that he's had this much of a career. Like that's he's really, really like uh, reached the highest percentiles of what he was capable uh, so, yeah. as a prospect. So against the Brewers, Gallon has a career ERA of one seven five and six starts, thirty six innings, forty four strikeouts, eight walks. His last three starts against Milwaukee, he's allowed one run. So, yeah, he's I think seven it, innings it, in all three of them. Just based on that, I would think I predict the series to go to three games. 
Yeah. I think if that the, Dallin's if, if a good Dallin matchup. can continue to pitch well against Milwaukee, pitch like that against Milwaukee, I think. Then it comes down to Andrew Chafin facing Corbin Carroll with multiple runners in scoring position in the eighth inning. That's where your season comes down to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that happen. I I want to see the Diamondbacks uh, make this whole series a laugher, so we don't have to be like, you know. I just I just don't want to see Carroll just that. crank out that one hand homer off that Chafin hanging breaking. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see this, you know, like CC uh, season's got to steal two bases and score a run uh, and you're going to make action happen. And like, what's going to, you know, all that, all that noise. I don't want to hear it. I want to see the Diamondbacks dominate the Brewers. Uh, Gallon shut them down tomorrow. Like that's, that's actually and, a real uh, key to winning this series is Gallon. Then the talking point after that is, can the D-backs beat the Dodgers? But obviously we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. One series at a time. Because that's literally how One the series at a time. So, I think, like I said, D-backs X factor in the series is going to be how Brandon Fott plays. If Fott gives the D-backs a quality start, I think they got, a ch- and they win Game One. I think D-backs have the advantage. If Fott gets blown out of Game One, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be an ugly series. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. It'll with be, that. it'll I be mean, like the NLDS last year. Yeah, or the D-backs. I'm, the ser- where the D-backs with Dodgers, that series is over after three batters. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You don't you don't want to see that happen. You the game this game today has to be competitive. You can't see Brandon Fockett lit up. If that does happen, then the offense needs to show up, or it's going to be a very ugly, very short postseason for the Diamondbacks. Kind of thing. It's like you got to hang in there because you're. You lined up your rotation to try and clinch in the final weekend. Unfortunately, also kind of because you couldn't get the job done. You couldn't set yeah. up the playoff rotation. You couldn't get the job done. Back, basically, back in the playoffs, 0-3 in a clinching. Yeah. You I couldn't mean, set up your rotation. It, but the upside to that is if you can win the matchup that you're not supposed to win, you're in good shape because you got you know, Ace and Game 2. And yeah. Kelly's got also got, I believe, good numbers against the Brewers in his career. Game three. Although you can argue at, uh, what happened yesterday. So. Yeah. I mean, that's it is if they can get out of this series, they have much more favorable matchups through the rest of the playoffs, and the rotation lines up way better in the, the NLDS and the hypothetical NLCS uh, versus uh, series. This is I think the matchups line up better just in terms of uh, the rotation, you know, the order. Um, but this this series is going to be really tough. Well, every series is going to be tough. That's what. But you sign up for yeah. that. I mean, so yeah, looking at Kelly's numbers against the Brewers. Well, so Merrill Kelly against the Brewers, eight starts. He's three and two with a 304 ERA, 48 strikeouts, 13 walks, and 150 a third sub one whip. So, like I said, if you get past, so if Fott can deliver game one, you got two guys with good numbers against the Brewers career. Yeah. Games two and three. That's kind of the key point. Like I said, the swing game is game one. Yeah, really. You got a really excellent point with that. I really think about it. But yeah, if, if, 
today's game is the key. They need to have a good start for Brandon Fott. They, the offense needs to get going. Uh, it seems, I mean, really, the last week has been, not even like, I don't even necessarily the full week, but the last five games of the season were some of the worst offensive performances that we've really seen outside of that bad stretch in, in June and July. Scored six runs. So I mean that's the thing they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get the offense going they're gonna need a good start from uh five um to even get to the position where Merrill Kelly is even a factor. Although alternatively you kind of hope Kelly isn't a factor because they've already swept the series. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I mean, like really, that's, that's I, I the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if you have the expectation that Dimex are going to go far in this postseason, you're probably going to be disappointed. I was going to say the only people that probably the only people that probably believe the Dimex can make a deep postseason runs are the guys that actually swing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure CC and they Walker can't. and Gallon yeah. and Kelly are all like, "We can do it. We can win the World Series this year, guys." And I, they I have hope they have that attitude. I hope they do. Yeah, if you go into the attitude of like, oh, we can't win. These are better teams than us, so we can't beat the Dodgers. We can't beat the Brewers. It's like don't even leave the hotel if you have that. Yeah, stay home. Don't even show up if you're going to do that. If you're just going to concede immediately. I mean, they have to. This is going to be an uphill battle this entire playoffs. Um, you know, as I keep saying, they don't have home field advantage at all. Like nope, no matter what, not, they will not have will home field. Have... They will not have a home field advantage during this entire postseason. Yeah, when you look at. Uh... The rest of the National League playoff field, the Marlins are the only team that don't have postseason experience, recent postseason experience. Obviously, the very, Dodgers have made the postseason young, uh, the past 11 seasons. No, make it 12 seasons. No, yeah. Yeah. Dodgers have been in the postseason 11 series. They have won three NLPs. Mickey Mouse World Series. And then you look at the Braves. The Braves have won a World Series two years ago. NLCS, NLDS. Look. They've been going, making the postseason almost every year or last decade. Yeah. And, of course, Philadelphia made a World Series run last year and gave Houston a tough series throughout, despite the, the uh, lopsided on paper. We talked about that before. Yeah. Previewing Philadelphia as a playoff opponent. That's what you're that, up I, against in the wild card. And then Milwaukee, even though they don't have the same postseason success as those three teams, have been in the postseason regularly since Craig Council became the manager. Yeah, they... This is the twice. most successful. This has been the most successful uh, era of the Brewers for them. I think that uh, a similar run to what the Phillies did last year is probably the most realistic of the optimistic scenarios for the Diamondbacks in the postseason this year. Is they, you know, go not necessarily win the World Series. I don't think anyone is going to expect that other than maybe Jim over the snake bit who put a little bet on him. Uh, but, uh, I mean, with four I mean, thousand to one odds, why not? Put, I, hey, that's a hell of a payoff. I might actually put a, put a bet in the Dimebacks in the World Series just because of the the like potential just put payoff. Ten dollars on the Dimebacks and the Marlins. Yeah, why not? Your bets with the. Uh, I mean, to everybody, I think going you know a wild a, a deep run in the playoffs and then you know a eventual loss in the World Series seems like the, of the the optimistic scenarios the most likely. Because if you look at them, that, so, yeah, so we. Talked about Philadelphia last year. He had world champion, uh, questionably left fielder, questionably left fielder Kyle Schwarber. 
Yeah. Who's now a DH. Well, I mean, Harper, Bryce Harper, Harper has is... posted an experience with the Nationals. Yeah. The Nationals were a World Series contender every year. So he has that posted experience when you look at him. So those were their best two hitters. Yeah. Zach Wheeler was on the Mets team that made it to the World Series. I don't know if he was. Did Philly... He was on that. Zach team. Philly's team, I think, is Zach Wheeler, I thought I heard he was out. Or will be out starting game series. one. Is he in? That was starting game one for Philadelphia. Who the hell am I thinking of that was supposed to be injured? Drift. For someone who's there's a key injury to some some other pitcher besides Woodruff that I'm not I'm drawing a blank on. Then uh, Zach that, Wheeler's that, Phillies, that Philly series is uh, Phillies are kind of built to go pretty deep in the playoffs, just based on like you know. Yeah, they, Philadelphia would win the AL East of the Braves didn't. That's how good they, the, they would have won. Them. The Braves are ridiculous. There's only 15 I'm the players Braves, I don't want that have. This is my statistic of why I find the Braves really scary. Is there's a, only 15 players who have a higher OPS than the Braves team OPS. Yeah, but like I said, Landon won 100 games last, year, 101 games last year. Manager of the year, they got, yeah. oh, they got crushed by Philadelphia in the division series. Yeah, I mean, I would think that they're going to do better just from having more uh, experience. And uh, but Philadelphia is not sneaking up on anyone this year. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's a scenario like last year where everyone. I think Diamondbacks are the Phillies. Uh, you know, the comparison to the Phillies like I don't last think so, year. But like I said, Philadelphia. Everyone is. Everyone's counting them out. I mean, they're the team that's going to sneak up on people uh, out of any team because no one's expecting the Diamondbacks to do anything or go far at all. So, I mean, if a team's going to sneak up on you. It's the D-backs. D-backs are probably the most likely team to sneak up on you. Yeah, that's kind of my point. The, the, the Phillies, if they go far, I mean, no one's going to be really surprised they went to the World Series last year, so they're really not in the same position of being that under underdog that they were last year. Um, I would argue out of all the wild card teams, they're definitely the favorite. They had the best. I think other they had than, the best. All six other than the Rays. Yeah. Well, Tampa also has that long-standing pedigree yeah. of postseason success. Even if they haven't yeah, won that, a title. Yeah, I mean the the Rays definitely have had a nice good run of uh you know success. They have a really good team. I mean both the Orioles and the Rays uh are scary teams in the, the AL East. So um well, I'd rather face Baltimore than Tampa Bay because Baltimore has zero post Baltimore doesn't have much postseason experience at any level. Remember, they lost it's like they didn't have they were like, terrible for five straight years and then winning teams last year. Yeah. I mean, crush teams this year. But like I said, Baltimore's a team that's going to be around. They've got yeah, or the, the Orioles. The best farm system in baseball. The best prospect in baseball. Yeah. Again. Oh, and in case of a 1 1 pick, actually being better than we thought he was. Uh, yeah. I mean,. I, got, I mean, the one thing that makes me really uh, kind of give it a little bit more to the Orioles is that uh, Rushman has just has great leadership. I mean, if you're going to Rushman's guy, like the ultimate X factor player. Yeah, Back that's up. the guy that I, if I'm going to pick a player who's going to have a huge impact with one guy, uh, I'm probably pointing at Adley Rushman. He's my one-one pick of the, all the one-one picks in the last ten. Yeah, 
I mean, you haven't you haven't seen a player that can literally. I've never seen another player just like instantly transform a franchise's yeah. expectations like that since Buster Posey. Buster. Yeah, that's exactly. The, I mean, that's why I think that the Orioles team is really scary this year. Is that the Rushman has the leadership, the talent, the makeup, the game calling skills, everything that you look for. He's got. That's the, definitely the X factor for the Orioles. I mean, I, if I had to pick between the two. Um, and you got to remember that the, the Rays have lost one of their key contributors in Wander Franco. So they're not as good of a team as they were in the first half of the, of the year. And Franco I think it was probably the, the reason. Conversation. Yeah, he was. And without, uh, I mean, if, if that didn't happen, uh, you, I think there's a good chance that the Rays could have won the ALE. So um, they're down a guy, a key contributor. The Orioles just keep getting better. Between the two, I take I take the Orioles over the Rays every single time. All right, so, so let's, I'm about to disagree with you on that one, dude. So let's go with uh, predictions for each wild card team. So D-backs versus Brewers. Start with you. Taking the D-backs. Come on, man. Two, D-backs and three. I'm gonna take D-backs and three. I'll take that. If Fott wins, I'll take D-backs and two. If they don't win, we'll say we're gonna be we're gonna be homers. Yeah, I got you. Got it, man. We haven't been in the postseason and. Over a decade, I'm going to be a shameless homer for my own team. All right. At least we're being honest. All right. So Philadelphia versus Marlins. I got Phillies in two games. Uh, I'm going to take the Marlins in three. Three. I'm going to say Philly in two. They blow out Miami in game one. and Bryce Harper hits I'm doing- a clutch homer in game two. Just okay. to be clear, I'm being a contrarian. By picking the Marlins in that, I know not no one. They've got the Marlins wild card juju. Okay, that's why I'm picking Marlins in three. For the record, Wes is correct more on these predictions more often. Thank you for the acknowledgement there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I have a pretty good track record for just throwing out bullshit and being right. So, um, hopefully, I'm right about my my uh, homering. Of the the Dynamax. I, this- I think. Nope. You know I like the Diamondbacks' chances better than the Marlins and better than every other wildcard team other than the Phillies and the Rays. I think that uh, it's not it's not an unfair – it's not totally homering to – you know, homerism to pick the Diamondbacks, in my opinion. You are a Diamondbacks podcast. So, uh, yeah. AL, Tampa versus Texas. I, got, I Obviously, I got the Rays in that. I, I, I just too. don't see Texas. I just don't see te- Texas is going to be viewed as probably the most disappointing playoff when all is said. Probably. I don't think that the. I mean, I could see it. I could see it going in in the the Rangers' direction. I mean, we talked about this before. They're a team that is actually built pretty well for the postseason. Like they have some superstars on the team. The real question was, can all these guys be healthy They're for a full season? Terrible. Their bullpen's terrible, though, and that's the like, real they're thing. They're better off closing games with Will Smith than Aroldis Chapman. Yes, Aroldis Chapman. Either guy should been close, a, but Chapman is a disaster. Absolutely, especially considering they gave up uh, a really good pitcher for him. Uh, I think that the, well, the Royals are very the Royals finally are very blossomed with an opportunity. Yeah, the Royals are happy with that trade, even if the other the the, the lottery ticket prospect they got besides Reagan's doesn't turn out but yeah i give it i take the Rays and three i don't i'm not gonna say two because i think that rangers team you're really we're underestimating it by saying jordan montgomery is a proven performer so i think he, he wins games, but tampa bay is gonna 
And the Rangers have been falling off this last, With their, the last uh, couple of weeks, too. Under the radar MVP candidate, Johnny Diaz is going to have a big series in the next game. Yeah. Johnny Diaz is a hockey Obviously, I don't have him. Obviously, Shohei Otani is probably going to win the MVP award and probably unanimously. Yeah. But, uh, Johnny Diaz is a 160 OPS plus plus six. That's that's very and impressive. And he's not and hitting has... a lot. And that's and I don't know if he's actually winning if he won the batting title. We can look that up. I don't. I do not know. And then what is the final leaps? matchup? Uh, so Diaz did win an AL batting title, three thirty batting average. Yeah, I mean, I get, second I highest on base percentage to Otani. Of course, Otani leads Major League Baseball in OPS. Diaz is fourth. Just, just, just so people know, watching this, Shohei was so good in terms like he, he didn't hit at all the last month of the season. Basically, if you take away his pitching, he still very has a good argument for being MVP. But once you throw in being an above average starting pitcher, that should be an unanimous vote. I don't know why you wouldn't vote for Shohei, other than some weird homerism or bias or take, put the injury against you, but someone who plays 135. Yeah. Especially if he does play stupid. All right. Yeah. Last series. We got, um, the last series we got Minnesota versus Houston. I got Houston too. Houston is the one team uh, outside of, I said Philadelphia. Houston is Philadelphia, except with the t- world series. Back. Yeah, I think they're not as good as they I, were in past years, but they have that championship pedigree, and everyone and you saw how how they got it done over the week. Yeah, that's if it wasn't for this weekend and uh, how the Astros, you know, they yeah. really really showed up, and they, I mean, they, it's. Uh, I mean, the I would lost two the, close the, games, but. Yeah, I would give it to the Twins if not for that. Okay, the Twins team, I think a lot of people are underrating them. They've got th- they have three really good young players that I don't think a lot of people are Royce factoring Lewis. into. Yeah, Royce Lewis. I just know that they've had the the in terms of rookies, uh their three of their rookies uh have like the biggest contribution. I mean, they they have three of the best rookies in all MLB. Um it's a young team still. I think that there is an X factor in, in Correa and his experience. I'm gonna say the Astros in three though. I don't think they're gonna say, I don't think it's gonna be two. So good, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm agreeing with you. I think the twins can uh, win at least one of those games. Because Houston's rotation Houston's rotation is fine. They're gonna probably start Framber Valdez and then uh Justin Verlander would probably start game two. They're gonna win. And then I'm not sure who their game two starter is. They're not going to start Jose. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I think, I think that the twins are, I'd be surprised if the twins are swept. That's one of the reasons why I, I think they're an underrated team. Um, I think the Astros are a better team. I think, I mean, the like AS, I said, the I don't AL think it's going to be a lot terrible this year. It's going to be two, but it's going to be two very close games. Yeah. I, I would, I expect that to be at least be competitive, but we're both in agreement. The Astros are going to probably take Unless that over the case where the, Minnesota's starting pitching for this. Yeah. Basically, uh, so like I said, wild card series, we got D backs over Brewers. 
we disagree on the Marlins Phillies series. I got Philadelphia West has got Miami. The Marlins. Then we agreed on the AL series, Tampa Bay over Texas and Houston over Minnesota. So those are the picks. Mark them down. Take your receipts, whatever you got to do. And, uh, and comment if you're and tell watch- us how wrong we are if we're wrong. <laughs> do it in the comments either now or after these series are over. On thir- you can tell us now or you can tell us Thursday how wrong we are. We'll uh, revisit those at the uh, next podcast episode, which will be... Uh, we'll do it Friday. We'll be back on Friday. Yep. Again, make sure to li- uh, like, subscribe, share, comment. How many games... D-backs win how many games? D-backs win or loser and how, and how many games? Said, Give uh, us your postseason predictions too. Uh, I want I want to hear them. I know Michael does too. Let's see your let's hear your postseason predictions. Leave them in the comment section. Thanks everyone for watching. Hopefully D-backs get past the Brewers in the wild card series so we can continue to talk about the season. And that's a it's a four. Uh, PM Mountain Time uh, start today. It'll yep. be on all ESPN three games two. are at four. All three yeah, games are at four. four ESPN, AZ on time. ESPN two. Yep. Thanks for watching.